Look at my butt. It's show number 181 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Listeners, we have an eye popper of an opening. Let's just say I went to bed last night and then I woke up today and in the space of several hours, my whole outlook on life changed. (laughs) It really did. Do tell. It was because of one image that I saw, which I can never unsee and it is now burned into my brain. And it, it just, you know, it's a thing that changes your soul. And I felt like we should talk about this right away. Um, uh, so, yeah. So why don't you uh, tell the story? Well, I want to say what it was that I saw that changed my life, and then I'll tell the okay. story about it. Okay. So, so listeners, you have to see that. Well, you don't have to see this, but I, I encourage you to go see it if you think you can take it. But the thing that changed my mind was this morning seeing on Google Images Gary Lockwood's balls. For real. Like, absolutely for real. And and you don't give a shit who knows it, do you? Well, apparently he didn't because... (laughs) So here's what happened. Um, um, I'm I'm at work this morning. I'm at work. And um, my friend calls me up and says, hey, I'm watching Perry Mason. And Gary Lockwood is on Perry Mason because my friend knows that I have this little obsession with Gary Lockwood. And I yes. Said, oh, that's interesting. Um, and he says, yeah, he plays a boxer and there's this complicated plot. And so I look it up on IMDb right away and I see it's 1962. So he still looked good, you know, like very young mm-hmm. and handsome. And the, the plot for this particular Perry Mason was so complicated. It took like a giant paragraph, you know, two inches <laughs> worth of plot explaining on IMDb to say what it was. When so, they could have just written Gary Lockwood's balls, and that yeah. would have been, yeah, okay. So I read the plot thing, and then I started looking on Google Images because I wanted to see what he looked like, you know, what his face looked like. And, and I see all these different things, and then I see an image. You know, on Google Images, they're small. They're just yeah. thumbnails. And I see it, and I'm like, oh, this must be it because I see he's in a box ring, and I click on it, and it opens up, and it's pretty big. Now, that's, it's a good picture, right? It's nice and clear. Oh, yes, it's, it's sharp. It's somebody had taken a screenshot, I guess, off of a DVD, and he's um, knocked out in the ring, and he's sort of laying on his back with one arm thrown over his head, and his legs are completely splayed apart, and you can see right up his shorts, and he's clearly not wearing any underwear, or if he was wearing any underwear, it wasn't doing its job. (laughs) (laughs) He was having a wardrobe malfunction. Now, I want to clarify, folks, when she's talking about... Up his shorts. That that almost sounds like okay. So you see, like an outline. No, no, this is more like the shorts are almost pulled to the side to reveal what they are supposed to be concealing. And his 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 nutsack is right there for the world to yes. see. Yes, um, there it is. And I was just like gobsmacked, and I sat there going, "Oh my god!" and trying not to scream too loud. Um, <laughs> It's insane. So it's, first of all, it's 1962. And second of all, they had to have seen that, right? You know, when they're going through the dailies and they're cutting the show together, there's no way that 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 just slipped by the editors when they were doing it. So somebody left I mean, this is is much more blatant than Shatner's butt cheeks in Alexander. This is just straight on, 
he wasn't wearing underwear, and there it is, hanging out. Yeah. So, and the, you can course, see a little bit of the white part that's supposed to sort of hold things mm-hmm. together, you know, the the inner hanger of the box or, sh- or, or, you know, the shorts or whatever, but it's not doing its job. No, not at all. So what I'm thinking is that basically he just didn't wear underwear because, of course, we've, we've talked about the story of him um, doing the fight scene in Where No Man where his pants split and he wasn't wearing any underwear and everybody on the set got a big eyeful of mm-hmm. what was in his pants. So, like, <laughs> what, he just, you're right, he just didn't give a shit. He really (laughs) just didn't give a shit about anything. Oh, my, my. So I will, um, well, I could put that up as the picture for the show in case people want to go look at it. Um, Well, I think we ought to find out if he's going to be at Creation Con. (laughs) So we could print it out and get him to sign it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) The big red arrow pointing to it. Look, look. I saw your balls. And he'll sign it. These are my balls, Gary Lockwood. <laughs> he totally would do that. <laughs> oh, man. So that was my life-changing event. and <laughs> I can see why it would be. <laughs> wow. So I had to tell you about it immediately. because. It was well, good. yes, and luckily I was home when I opened the email and clicked the link because I did shriek. I mean, I... I there's no other description for it. Yeah. It, it's not the kind of image where you have to squint or anything. Like, oh, you know, no, no. In, in some images, you look at it, and that's the very first thing that you see. You're like, Whoa. Absolutely. Yep. <sighs> okay. So, well, anyway. That's it for this week, folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye and bye-bonds. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, that, that is just pretty pretty amazing, I think. It's, it's crazy. And it was, so the image was actually posted to Amazon of all places. <laughs> Believe it or not. Where you no. never expect to find something this cool. Um, for um, people who buy things on Amazon will know that... Um, regular people can add images, right? Like if you're looking mm-hmm. at a book or something, it says, you know, upload customer images here. And that's what someone did. They did a screen cap and they uploaded it mm-hmm. to, I guess, the Perry Mason DVD set or something. Um, mm-hmm. with a little comment saying, you know, I can't believe this made it past the, the network at that time. But there yeah. For or at said. any time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So, well, um, speaking of Creation Con, I, I happened to have the page open, and I just wanted to briefly talk about the people who were going to be there. Besides okay. us, of course, because we will be there. Yes. Of course, Bill is going to be there on Saturday. Uh, Jerry Ryan is going to be there. Frakes is going to be there. Robert Beltran, Gates McFadden, Robert Picardo, John Delancey, yay! Uh, Tim Russ, James Darren is going to be there. Um, just skimming down the list. Lee Merriweather is going to be there. Wow. Sarah in That Which Survives. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple other folks as well. So it's it's quite an event. I've heard that Frakes is really, really good at conventions. He's really funny and he tells a lot of stories. So Yeah, that's what I've heard. It might be worth it to see him. What I think is really funny is that when it says William Shatner and then there's pictures of him as Kirk and then underneath in very small letters and in parentheses it says Captain Kirk. 
<laughs> really? Did you see Bill's tweet in response to somebody asked the question, who was the last Star Trek star you met? No. Oh, it's really funny. He said something like, um, that old fart who played the captain way back when. I see him in my mirror every day. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I thought oh, that was God. cute. That's very funny. Oh, yes, my. so that's coming up. I know. It's coming up very soon. And um, that particular convention is happening right in the midst of a whole bunch of things going on in your life. So I hope you yeah. survive. I hope you make it through November. I hope I do, too. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So why don't we go through some of the stuff on your list? And since it's your list, you choose. I want to start with the email from Mark Thomas. Oh, goody. Because goody. this made me laugh so hard. It's great. Yes. It says, hi, LT and JK. Remember last year when I was your Portland correspondent reporting on Trek in the Park? Yes, of course we remember that. Well, this was the end of Atomic Art's five-year mission, and it was wonderful and all that. But I have a scoop, which may be of particular interest to LAHB. It was the mother of Adam Roscoe, who stitched up the costumes for the entire cast. Adam Roscoe is the actor who plays Captain Kirk. So Captain Kirk's mom made all of the costumes for the show. Here's what I wanted to tell you. Her name is Marge. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Marge made all the costumes. And she sewed them up by hand. She sat there and, in, the, in yeah. the den, you know, with her little embroidery basket on her lap. And she sewed and she sewed. And she made them for Jimmy and his friends so they could play spacemen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she made some of the props, too, you know, out of old egg crates. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for Mark. That is, for that Mark, because that is a huge scoop. Um, so you you will now be known as Mark Scoop Thomas. That's right. And uh, that that really really did make me laugh really hard when I saw that. So it was great. I love I love knowing that. I just love having this piece of information. <laughs> the other thing that's cracked me up about it is the name of the actor is Adam Roscoe. And you and I are both fans of the series that ran a half a season action. Oh, yeah. Well, the name of the writer in that, who they kept getting the name wrong, was Adam Rothko. Oh, right. That's right. Yes, it was. <laughs> Nobody could remember his name. And they, they thought they'd hired the wrong writer and everything else. But anyway, <laughs> but having her, <laughs> having her name be Marge is just... So perfect, which, of course, is short for Marjorie. I'm sure of it. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. So. Wonderful. Well, speaking of making props and things out of whatever you said, corn cobs or whatever, <laughs> um, this came under the title Kirk Gorn Crop Art. <laughs> and it is Captain it's Kirk lovely. and the... Yes. Captain Kirk and the Gorn, Portrait in Seeds, by Nicholas Rindo, Crop Art Exhibition at the Minnesota State Fair. And this person took seeds and did a picture of Kirk looking very snarky and 
pleased with himself, holding the uh, the the bamboo thing, and the Gorn is coming up behind him with his Gorn knife, about to get him. And uh, this guy took he got a merit award, but somewhere. I can't find it, but somewhere it lists. Oh, yeah, there it is. It lists what all the seeds are that were used. I just, I just think you know that's that's another piece of wonderful Trek art. My favorite thing about it is that it won at the Minnesota State Fair. Oh yeah, yeah. There's Jimmy at the fair with that lizardy feller, <laughs> and he's got a, a nice purple ribbon that says Minnesota State Fair on it, and he mm-hmm. did that forever, it's forever. I'm trying to see what the little icon, the, the mascot is on the Minnesota State Fair. It looks like a chicken or something, but I can't really tell. Where do you, where, where are you seeing this? Oh, on the, um, on the ribbon right above where it says Min- Minnesota State Fair. Oh, yeah. I can't quite tell what that is. Hmm. Does Minnesota have an iconic state thing? Animal? Animal. Yeah. Well, all the states have an official animal, but I can't say I know what Minnesota's is, sadly. Oh, okay. Well, so. it, we'll have to look it up because it's a mystery. But I think it's it's great. And you know what? It is really it looks gophers? Like gophers? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It, it really looks like Bill. That's the best part. I know. And he's, he's like smirking, you know. He and is. He has the smirkiness going on. I also there. saw something on the, the uh, internet, but it went away before I could even capture it or anything for us. But it was pretty funny. It was one of those little, you know, red boxes on the wall, glassed in that you break it in case of fire or whatever. Uh-huh. And this one said, in case of gorn, break <laughs> this. And it had a little piece of bamboo and it had some gunpowder and you know, all the things you need to defeat a gorn that's awesome that is so cool i love it i love it every office should have one they should they absolutely know. should you don't know when a when a, a gorn is going to show up exactly and um, and this was sent to us by our friend fresca who we haven't heard yes from for a while. i know i know and i just think it's amazing i love it love it love it it is great um, now, something else that some of our listeners have been busy with, or somebody has been, not sure who, um, talking about Kirklight. Yes, Kirklight and in the news. And somebody had, picture, had posted a, a picture, you know, of um, Kirk McCoy and Spock on the bridge. This was on the Shatner Facebook group, where they're like in regular light. Somehow they managed to have them in the same shot in regular light, and he's in Kirklight. And people were talking about it, and I said, well, you know, Lena and I call that Kirklight. Mm-hmm. And apparently it has caught on because later what was posted was from the uh, the cheeseburger site where um, great shot of Kirklight, and it says, the Kirklight, a hard dramatic band of light across the eyes alone in an otherwise dark scene. We're into the heavy shit now. Cue the ominous music. <laughs> It's really great. And, of course, what makes it, you know, twice as good is that he's not wearing a shirt. Yes, yes. It's 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 Kirklight Plus. It's enhanced. Yeah. But, you know, so I posted that on our Facebook. And then Sean Dickon sent us the uh, 
the shot from the bridge, mm-hmm. and uh, and this one says privileges of rank. I can't quite read this; it's a little. When things get serious, Kirk gets the dramatic facial lighting. Everyone else can suck it. And then in big letters, it says the Kirk light. That's why it's called that. Of course. <laughs> why would it be called anything else? It's the no. Kirk light. And, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, the first person I ever heard use that term was junk. <laughs> and so I, I sent her off an email telling her about this. And, of course, the email has not, I believe, gotten to the junkiverse yet because I haven't heard back. But, um... Really, really glad to see that phrase taking hold. Definitely. I like the fact that it's the Kirklight. Yes. We were just calling it Kirklight, but the Kirklight, putting that, um, you know, article in front of it, it's kind of like the internet. It's just the one thing. Uh, well, yeah. And like we do say, get out of the Kirklight, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. or cue the Kirklight, you know, so. I'm glad that they chose this picture. I think it's an excellent one to use. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised, though, that neither of those pictures is from uh, uh, Doomsday Machine, which to Mm -hmm. me is like the Kirk Lightiest episode. Yes. For for my taste, anyway. And here's a segue. Speaking of Doomsday Machine... Yeah. Here's here's a thing that I wanted to talk about. I neglected to send you the link to this, but this is a very cool thing. And I'm trying to remember where I heard about this. It might have been on Twitter, um... Or not. I don't remember. So there is um, a video on YouTube, and it's called Star Trek, The Doomsday Machine Revealed. It's a 20-minute video that was made by this guy with a great name. His name is Shem Von Streck, and his last (laughs) name is spelled S-C-H-R-O-E-C-K. Oh, my goodness. I, I guess it's pronounced Shrek. That's the way Shrek. we mean <laughs> Something like that. He's the son of a famous composer, apparently, and he is himself a composer and has played with Ambrosia, the band Ambrosia, and lots of other people, too. So he, I guess, must be a fanatical Trekkie because he's in this film as well as having written it and directed it and produced it. And it seems like what he's trying to do is make at least one video. This one happens to be about Doomsday Machine. That would be... A, really an in-depth look into how the episode was made and all the different aspects of it that made it really special. So he managed to interview the writer of Doomsday Machine, Norman Spinrad, and also Eddie Paskey, who was one of the extras, who was also right. a guy who's been in, you know, dozens of Star Trek episodes. I and think it, talk- I read something recently, just to interrupt, that Eddie Paskey was in... Um, more episodes than Sulu or somebody. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. Yeah. He was, he was always there. So this is a great video. I was really drawn into it, and I wish that there was, like, the whole thing. So it says, Concept Demo Special Edition, and here's what the note says. Due to the delay in releasing this film, offered here is a look at the early demo concept. This cut is not representative of the final version in terms of format, sequence, topics, visual effects, etc., Please forward this video to those you feel may find it interesting. Further exposure will only help the cause towards a final version being completed and released, including an intended series of other Star Trek episodes to be revealed. Wow. The thing I like about it so much is that they talk about a lot of the things that we talked about when we've been doing episode reviews, like the Mm -hmm. lighting and Mm -hmm. music and the way the camera is positioned and how... In Doomsday Machine, for example, it's one of the few episodes where you actually see Kirk walk all the way around the bridge. He goes right. in front of the screen and he walks over to Spock's station. Just 
things like that that made it a mm-hmm. special episode. And they talk about the performances, obviously, of William Wyndham and the, the regulars. And it's just so interesting, you know, more really cool behind-the-scenes Trek stuff that I was just like, wow, I really want to see more of this. Oh, how so cool. It's it's really, really good. I encourage everybody to go watch it. Like I said, it's 20 minutes, and it's well worth your time. Um, I will say one really funny thing about it is that uh, – Norman Spinrad says that he was on set while they were filming it. As the writer of the episode, he was able to, you know, help with the changes and things like that. And he saw Shatner sitting there going through the script and blue lining some of Spock's lines <gasps> to make oh them his God. lines. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leonard was getting too many lines. <laughs> and I've read about that from other people. Who I said have that, too. Yeah, that was what he did. So he would count the lines. And if Leonard had too many lines, he would strike them and make them his lines instead. And they actually showed um, the original script with some <laughs> of the lines under Spock. And yeah. then they showed the actual episode and it's Kirk saying them. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Very, very funny. But this is great. And they were um, using, I think, the remastered versions. So the picture for the episode itself is beautiful and clear, and it has the updated special effects and everything. So it looks really, really good. So it's an awesome thing. And I hope he gets the money or whatever to make this a full release. Mm -hmm. I hope he gets to do more of these because I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, Yeah. One of the other things I loved about it was while the producer-director guy, Shem, which is spelled S-H-E-M, was talking, Uh in the background, there are some things, you know how they do backgrounds, just so you can see. And there's a couple of box sets of the DVDs that are there. Mm -hmm. And then there's an Amigo Captain Kirk figure sort of leaning against it. and. (laughs) He's not wearing the the gold shirt. He's wearing mm-hmm. the um, the dress green thing with the oh okay, um, you know the the high collar and the gold stripe that goes down. The mm-hmm. But it's Amigo Kirk. He's standing there, and I was like, "That's oh, pretty cool." It's little <laughs> Captain Kirk. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is really really neat. Yeah. So I don't like I said I don't remember where I read about this, but it's totally mm-hmm. cool. So there you go. Well, um. Updating everybody on what Bill is doing now. Yes. Um, he was recently at, I forget which con, Dragon Con? Yes, or the one, Dragon Con. But then there was one right before that. and uh, um, Salt Lake City, I think. Okay, and he was on stage with Adam West. Yes, that was Salt Lake City, yep. Okay, and uh, they were asked something about doing guest appearances on various shows or whatever, and they, somebody asked Bill about doing um, Big Bang Theory. And Bill said, well, what, what do you think? Should I do, do it? And, of course, everybody went, yeah. And he said, okay, I'll make the call tomorrow. The next day, he posted on his, his Twitter feed that he made the call. <laughs> Bill. So we may see, you know, Bill guesting in some way on Big Bang. Bill says yes. He likes to make things happen. He does. He does. <laughs> that is great. I definitely wanted to talk about the photo shoot that he did with Cloris Leachman? Yes. Did you watch the video that went along Yes, with that? I did. Yes. Oh, Bill. He's so funny. So they, uh, Hollywood Reporter did yeah. a video. Um, they made a video of a photo shoot that the two of them were doing uh, because they had won Emmys. Mm-hmm. So 
it's a it's actually a lovely little video and they look like they're having such fun doing the I know they're so so cute together they are so they're dancing and they're playing with balloons and they're doing all kinds of things and And she doesn't know who he is (laughs) (laughs) and he's pretending to take pictures of her and they're just having a great time and then there's some little shots of the two of them sitting on a couch and talking and Mm -hmm. her saying that she doesn't know who the hell he is and He's saying to her, you know, this hurts me terribly. You're in, what does he say? Indelibly You're in, 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 inked. Indelibly inked. inked or something in my brain. In my or <laughs> So funny. <laughs> but, and then, of course, Bill being Bill, he's joking with her um, about, because um, she was saying that she had won two Emmys in one night, and she'd gotten the first and then went backstage to change, and she was half undressed and then had to go run back on stage <laughs> to the next one. She said, I had just taken my top off. And he said, well, that never stopped you before. Um, and, and she laughed. And, and then he said, all you would have had to do was to take your bottoms off. And she said, oh, I never bothered with those. <laughs> Good. Well, then he was talking about her lovely feet. I know. Oh, is he like the most charming man in the world or what? She actually seemed a little embarrassed by that. I have. I know. He was talking about, oh, how many men must have kissed your beautiful feet? And, oh, my God. But he, the thing is, go ahead. Oh, well, he just is so effortlessly charming. It's I know. Yeah. It's, it's not a question of like turning it on or something. No. It's like Bill is with a woman. Now, I have to ask you, and maybe I'm being stupid here. Have they worked together? I have no idea. I don't think so, but it's very possible they were in something together, you know, early on when he was yeah. doing a TV. I don't yeah. know. She was now, doing lots of TV then, too. Oh, you know, she was everything. doing tons of it. Um, She's in that, that Twilight Zone with Billy Moomy. Yep. Yep. She, yep. And, uh, yeah, you'll see her every now and then. Um, the thing is about that video and about the photos, he's got the two-tone hair. I know. It's terrible. It's so bad. And I saw a picture from Dragon Con. You couldn't tell if he's taken time to fix that up or what. So bad. It's really bad. It is. One of the things I love about the pictures that came out of it, though, was Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the pictures, um, they they have a, a small selection of them, I think on the Hollywood Reporter site is that mm-hmm. the first picture shows them sort of separate and then in the next picture he's sort of behind her like they're dancing and then in the mm-hmm. third picture he's standing in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> so the lesson here is be careful when you invite Bill to your photo shoot because he's going to end up just taking it over. Yes. Yes. Very true. Um I ran across, or some, somebody posted something somewhere, um, a huge diagram that you can use to create your own Star Trek story. Did you get a chance to go look at this? I did not, so why don't you tell us about it? Okay, well, I'm clicking it, so it will open here. But um, it's called Create Your Own Original Star Trek Story, and um, it's one of those decision tree charts, you know, yes, no, blah, 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 blah. So it says start and you go to the first thing and it's, it says, can you afford some day glow rocks and stuff for an alien planet? (laughs) (laughs) And if your answer is Spock looks into his glowy blue face computer. (laughs) If your answer is no, then it's, can you afford to film a planet that looks just like 1960s LA? (laughs) And it just goes 
goes, you know, on and on through these and using um, all kinds of plot devices, not just the ones that were uh, that were common, but some of them are, are quite specific. But they did a really nice, nice job. I mean, like there's one that says, um, let's see, can you afford a trippy space cloud or destructo carrot? And if your answer is no, it says scrounge up some pajamas. <laughs> then the next one is, is Kirk alone? And if the answer is no, it's enter Jack the Ripper. <laughs> if the answer is yes, it's enter sexy mysterious chick. So it's really clever and it's really well done. And someone in the comments said, "Have can you, you know, make something, make this big enough to, to be printed as a poster. And they said, this is a serious request. And I'm thinking, yeah, because it's really great. And somebody else said, best chart porn yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I really <laughs> like the fact that one of the central plot points is who challenges Kirk's command. Yes. And then one of the answers is a duplicate Kirk or a robot Kirk or a female Kirk. And then the next one is Kirk proves he's the real thing by taking his shirt off. Um, <laughs> And then another one is who challenges Kirk's command and you go to another captain or admiral or ambassador and what follows is Spock follows all the rules and accomplishes absolutely nothing and then Kirk proves his fitness for command by taking his shirt off. <laughs> well, here's here's how they all end. Every single yes. one of them goes through these last four boxes. Kirk makes a huge speech about freedom and dignity and stuff. Spock says something is illogical. McCoy makes fun of him. Kirk laughs while thinking about which yeoman he's going to jump tonight. <laughs> and then it's the end. That's the end. I agree with that. that I mean, there's just wonderful things in here out of nowhere, like, you know, McCoy grumbles. And <laughs> it's just really well done. I love the what kind of aliens are there? And the answers are Russian, space racists, Vietnamese, <laughs> or lumpy-headed torturers. <laughs> I like space races. Yeah. Oh, and I also like it. Sort of in the middle, there's this whole thing of things that have gone wrong. One is, we've lost contact with the ship. One is, we can't beam back aboard. One is, the shuttle is, isn't built yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's re really a very clever, clever poster and chart. And, yeah, I think that this person should, you know, put it on Etsy and say, you know, you can get a print that's two feet by three feet or something and make some money off it because obviously there's time put in here definitely it's great i love it i, I love it too love it. Mm -hmm. wonderful so that was uh, one of the fun things um speaking of posters yes um ortiz has done a series of the posters for the animated series. I saw that, and I was uh, shocked and or stunned because I didn't think that he was going to do that. And given that we've been talking about the animated series recently, mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's a coincidence. So it's so cool that he's decided to do it. I'm, I'm amazed. Yes. It's great. So have you watched any more animated, and have there been more gratuitous animated shoulder rolls? I have not had a chance to do it because I've just been so busy with things. But I, I absolutely want to, and I think by the time we get to um, the Creation Con, I will have selected something for us to watch. That oh, okay. Okay. Well, speaking of Ortiz, um, here is a website 
where he talks a little bit about what inspired each poster. And my browser is taking a long time to open. I may just have to burst into song or something here and get it going. Come on. Um, I have I have that page open. And oh, okay. Why don't you, you talk about it then? Yes, I could read a few of these things. So he's yes. commenting on specific ones. And he, it, the occasion for this is because we had been talking in a previous show about the fact that there's a book coming out mm-hmm. that has all of these posters that are collected in it. So, for example, the poster for What Are Little Girls Made Of, which has the big shadow of Rook that is sort of hovering behind um, Andrea. And he says, I thought a bit about Frankenstein while working on this one. I like how Rook and Andrea create a singular silhouette. And it's true. It's, it's really nicely yes. done that way. He talks about some of his influence by Saul Bass, for example, the graphic artist who did the posters for um, classic movies like Vertigo and Anatomy of a Murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see that influence. Yeah. Um, he talks about City on the Edge of Forever, which to me is very Peter Max inspired. And he says, for this poster, I wanted to illustrate Edith Keeler's vision of the future as described by her in the episode. And her hair is full of stars and and there's the Enterprise sort of hovering in there, very futuristic mm-hmm. looking. Um, let's see, just skimming through some of them here. Is um, For Is There in Truth No Beauty, it's uh, a really nice image of Spock's face. And the rest of it is all whited out, so you only see his features. And he says, I toyed with giving Spock the visor that he wore in the episode, but it covered up too much of his face. The end result is a poster for anyone that just wants Spock on their wall. <laughs> Well, speaking of Spock and a visor, I was informed that 45 years ago today, Spock's brain premiered. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Classic. Classic. Yeah. One of those days that will live in infamy. (laughs) So we... um, We are just very excited for Juan Ortiz to be getting so much recognition and for him to have taken on this project and done such a fabulous job with it. Yeah, it's true. Here's a little bit of information, a trivia that you probably noticed. On the poster for Lights of Zetar, it was (laughs) co-written by Sherry Lewis. Yes. The lady with Lamb Chop, the sock. Yeah, Lamb Chop, Lamb Chop's mother or whatever that relationship was. Um. And then in the comments, somebody said she wanted to star in that as Lieutenant Mira Romaine. Can you imagine her as Mira Romaine? Oh, my I, goodness. It would have been insane. People would have been falling on the floor, cracking up. No one could have taken her seriously. <laughs> they would have been waiting for Lamb Chop. They would have been waiting for Lamb Chop. Absolutely. I would have been waiting for Lamb Chop. That's for sure. <laughs> lamb Chop might have helped that episode. That was not one of my Maybe. favorites. Not one of my favorites either. Not yeah. Um, well, we had some some lovely art with Juan Ortiz and the seed art. Did you look at the image <laughs> I attached? I did look at that image. Where did you find it? It was on the Shatner Facebook. And the person who posted it implied it has something to do with City on the Edge of Forever. Uh-huh. And... I don't know what. <laughs> I guess the woman is supposed to be Edith Keeler. So first of all, I didn't know it was a woman. I okay, this is the thing. I was really worried because I thought, is it Edith Keeler? Is it Spock? Is it Michael Jackson? <laughs> it 
could have been any of those people. It could have been somebody else as well. I was mm-hmm. sort of thinking it could be, I don't know, Bon Jovi or somebody, you know? <laughs> I don't know. And I can't quite come up with an analogy for who Kirk looks like. Does he look like any of your actor friends? No. <laughs> All right. Well, that line of reasoning is now closed off to us. Good question. Because <laughs> that was my first thought, that it's actually one of your actor friends. No, I'm, you know, no, that that just didn't didn't happen there. But um, it's it just, doesn't, it's, it doesn't look like him at all. <laughs> Nothing looks like anybody in this. And then there's the Enterprise kind of hovering over their heads like it's like mm-hmm. it's a pinata or something. And <laughs> there's the earth in the background and the size is all wrong and the color oh, is know. wrong. And, yeah. Oh, everything yeah. is wrong. Everything is wrong. The, the, the thing that gets me, of course, in these illustrations, and we see this in the Etsy stuff all the time, and we certainly mm-hmm. see it in the fan fiction, is that people who are not accomplished artists cannot get the proportions right on faces. Oh, yeah. It's always out of proportion. The eyes are too big or the nose is wrong or, you know, the jaw is wrong. And that's the case here. Like Kirk's Mm -hmm. face, the reason it doesn't look like Shatner is that his eyes are way too big. They totally don't fit the rest of his face. They're like Mm -hmm. alien eyes. And then the person next to him that I guess is supposed to be Edith Keeler, who's not wearing any clothes, by the way. Right. um, Her face is like melting. You know, her <laughs> lips are, look at her lips. They're You're drooping right. right off her face. You're right. And that eye, so her, she's kind of leaning forward, the eye that's behind her nose. You shouldn't be mm-hmm. able to see that eye. Like on a real person, you couldn't see it because of the <laughs> angle. So again, it's just, it, the proportion's all wrong. It's just right. wrong. Right, yeah. Oh, I feel bad for people who spend this much time on a piece of art that it turns out like this, you know? Yeah. I hope it yeah. makes them happy. That I, I hope so, too. And, of course, you know, the, the Shatner board, people are very, very nice there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so they, uh, you know, they say, oh, this is nice. This is good or, or something, you know. So And so I'm the cruel bitch. But at least I don't do it on the board. You yeah, know, I exactly. steal the image and put it here on the podcast <laughs> and talk about it. Figuring nobody will know. Nobody will know. <laughs> you know, I, the more I look at this picture, the more I know what picture of Bill they painted this from. And it's not a picture from Star Trek. It's a picture from before Star Trek when he was mm-hmm. doing um, For the People, I think. Oh. Because I recognize the expression on his face. Uh, he was wearing a suit oh. and um, a tie. And he had, um, you know, pre-Star Trek hair. And he was mm-hmm. sort of, they had him lit in a way that he was looking up toward the camera. And he looked quite a bit younger than he did in Star Trek. But Yeah, and that's definitely not Star Trek hair in this yeah, picture. So, so that's his pre-Trek picture that they took it from. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, boy. Well, let's put that away and never speak of it again. Okay. So, um... <clears throat> Let me look at all this other stuff we have here. Okay. Oh, did you look? Go ahead. I was going to say, let's do one more thing and then we'll take our break. Okay. Um, let's let's do the thing that um, you want to get to go with your Star Trek rug and your Star Trek dog beds. <laughs> and this is your Star Trek coffee table. It's impressive. 
It is impressive. I mean, I can't imagine who would actually have this in their living room. But it it looks like not just a lot of work went into it, but that it's also well done. Very well done. uh, It was done by someone named Barry Shields. And the little common thing here says... Uh, well, let's describe it first of all. You know th- what the size of a coffee table is like. So this is the Enterprise, is the base of your coffee table. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a glass top, and to it, it appears to <clears throat> sort of so that the glass top doesn't just come off or something, that the top is resting on the Enterprise, but then that, that bumped-up part of the saucer section, which is where the bridge is and everything, that's on top of the glass. Is that what it looks like to you, too? I believe that is correct. So there's a hole in the glass, and yeah. that's where the, the bridge section of the Enterprise um, right. goes through. Yep. And it's, um, it's made of wood. The person says, um, this is one of the hardest pieces I've ever created. It took more than three weeks to build the ship. It's made of ash, cherry, and poplar woods. With the glass, it weighs close to 75 pounds. I wanted to show it as though it was coming through the glass, so I made the bridge part of the ship to set atop the glass and cut the quarter-inch glass to look like it's in motion. The base and it, the the base is how would you describe it? Like the it top looks like part, a, a Klingon botleth, actually. Sort of, but it says the base was meant to look like the ship is in orbit over a planet. The it cost look of like that. no, but it's a neat base. Yeah, it was a beautiful um, base. Yeah. Um, the cost of this piece is $3,100. The glass dimensions are 34 by 54 inches. So it's big. 54 inches is quite a large coffee table. Well, yeah. Yeah, four feet. More yep. than four feet. More than four feet. Four and a half. Yeah. yeah. But um, like I said, I cannot imagine even even me <laughs> having this in my living room or anything. But it, it is a, a beautiful piece of work. It really is. The The wood is highly polished, mm-hmm. so it, it's really nice. It shows off the grain of the wood, and he's done a good job of, of following the grain in it. So it, it yes. really does look like the ship is in motion. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's not painted or anything. It's just polished and probably has a little bit of shellac on it or something. Right, right. It. But it's, it's wonderful. I wonder if he's sold some and made more or whether it's this is a one-off and he's never going to do it again. Well... I don't know. I would, you know, I, I if people went went crazy and he got like a lot of orders, you know, maybe yeah. he would. But um, yeah, it's it's amazing some of the the the, the creativity that that mm-hmm. Star Trek sparks in people for for good or ill. You know, <laughs> they 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 obviously you know want to do this and and I like I said, I don't know who would have it in their living room, but it is beautiful. It is very beautiful. So kudos mm-hmm. to this guy. His name is Barry Shields. Yes. And if yes. you look at some of the other things that he's done, I, I see on his creations page that he's done a Star Wars X-Wing coffee table. He's done oh, a Next yes. Generation Star Trek coffee table. Oh, right. He's done lots of other things, uh, things that look like they came off of ships. Uh, he did a beautiful cherry and poplar bench. Yeah. I mean, this really guy, nice. I think, really, really knows what he's doing in working with wood. So, yeah. So, those are, those yeah. are really good. I want to see how much this other one costs. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the TNG one. Uh, $3,500. Ooh. Yeah. That's a little bit more. But also beautiful. And that has two different kinds of wood in it. It's got mm-hmm. black walnut as an accent color. 
Yeah. Well, we'll never be able to afford that. That's okay. No, no, we won't be buying those things, but still, still beautiful. So should we take a little break? Let's do that. Let's just take a little bitty break, and then we'll be back with the other things that we have to talk about. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us, listeners. We love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and don't forget our Facebook page, this podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, we are back with news from the world of photo novels. Yay, photo novels. Um, in case you don't know what the photo novels were, I have one. I have the Where No Man one. Mm-hmm. And I have it autographed by by Gary Look at My Balls Lockwood. <laughs> that doesn't mean we have to change the name of the podcast, right? We're no, not but we might to have, to, up- have to do a second one <laughs> or a subtitle <laughs> or something. You know, look at his butt and and his sidekick or something. Anyway, um <laughs> The photo novels were um, like comic strips in paperback form of actual episodes. So they're using still photos and writing the dialogue in, you know, in in speech and thought bubbles and stuff like that. Um, But there's a new one coming out, and it is going to be the most unique photo novel ever coming this December. Um, John Byrne is no stranger to breaking new ground, and he is doing it again with the extra-length Star Trek Annual 2013, arriving this December from IDW. What he's doing is he has created a completely original Star Trek story that plays out like a lost episode using a uniquely constructed photo montage to create an entirely new story. So it's called Strange New Worlds, and it's a sequel to Where No Man Has Gone Before. How can they do a sequel? I don't know. I thought Gary Mitchell was dead. Well, um, here's what he says. There was a visual richness to that second pilot that really drew me in. And since I've long wanted to experiment with something like this project, that episode seemed the perfect choice for a sequel. Okay, here it is. Years ago, James Kirk saved his ship, but the price was the life of his oldest friend in Starfleet. Or was it? Fans will see Gary Mitchell's story take a surprising turn in this story. But the uniqueness of this project does not end with the plot line. Rather, it continues with the photo montage art form that Byrne has chosen to tell this original story. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to have to check this out when that happens. So there is an image. It's one page of it that you can preview, and it's right there. And if you Okay, now it, it finally came up for me. Go ahead. It makes it bigger. And, in fact, that's what they've done. They've taken stills or whatever, screen captures, mm-hmm. and they've sort of pasted them all together like a comic book so you can follow the yeah. flow of the story. So there are several potential problems with this, and that's matching the characters from scene to scene. Yes. Are they wearing the same uniforms? Like, well, you'd think that they would be pretty careful with that. 
but what about Kirk's hair? What about the toupee? Is it going to look the same from page to page? That's what worries me. You know. Well, these are all all issues to be, you know, to for us to explore when this comes out. What if he's got a, a giant heart on in one photo and then in the next one he doesn't? Oh my God! That this would is be, a disaster. It would be a disaster. That would be complete lack of continuity. It really would. So here's the thing that cracks me up as I'm looking at it. They have uh, all the crew members are there and Uhura is saying stuff and Spock's saying, saying stuff. And then in the bottom left panel, Chekhov and Sulu get to say something. Uh, Kirk says, we're going to Delta Vega. And Chekhov says, Delta Vega, that is out by the galactic rim. What could be there? And what <laughs> is spelled V-H-A-T. <laughs> but they don't have Delta Vega. They don't have Delta Vega. So why? Why are they doing this? Why are they making him talk like oh, that? Well, we've got to see if he ever addresses Kirk as Captain. K-E-P-T-I-N. Yeah, Captain. <laughs> what could be there? He sounds like an old Jewish grandmother. What? <laughs> what could be there? Well, we're definitely going to have to check this out. Oh, yeah. This should be good. It sounds like fun. So if they do have Gary Mitchell, actual Gary Mitchell in it, do you think Lockwood got money for it? Do you think they paid him off? Well, these images all belong to Paramount. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes it different. It's not like making an action figure. Apparently. Okay. Well, okay. Well, this will be one more thing we can get for him to sign, you know, <laughs> at, at some upcoming convention. Okay. I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. Okay. <laughs> well, who wouldn't be? <laughs> okay. Um, what else were we going to talk about? There's so much here on the list. Oh, Circus of the Stars. Okay. Tell us about Circus of the Stars. Okay. Um, this is a link somebody put up, and I went and watched it. And the first, it's two... It's Bill's segments from two different Circus of the Stars. And the first one, I believe we've both seen. It's the one where he is demonstrating karate stuff and sets his sleeve on fire. Yes, I've seen him set himself on fire now more than okay. once. So, yes. Okay. So, Brooke Shields is the ring mistress introducing <laughs> these things, and she's absolutely horrendous. But um, Bill does his karate stuff. But here's the thing that I didn't really notice before. This was done, I believe, right about the time Wrath of Khan came out. Uh And so he's got the Wrath of Khan um, sideburns. He's got the Starfleet sideburns. Oh, interesting. Okay. And he's got a glitter, like, headband around, and he's wearing this this slick red or shiny red shirt and everything, and they've decorated it all up, you know, because it's a circus. But it looks really um, Star Trek movie-ish uniforms so i'm thinking this is the starfleet admiralty's talent show (laughs) (laughs) so you got to go watch that then the second one is from a year or two later and bill is on one of his horses and this is really interesting i had never seen this segment and he's riding the horse around the ring and the whole time he's talking about um how these particular horses um are bred and they're different gates, you know, and there's the trot and the gallop and this and this and this. And he's saying, this is a young horse 
and he has the horse's name is Thunderbolt. Oh no, it's not. That's something else. I forget the horse's name. Anyway, um, this horse has been trained to um, to be like a herder. You know, like how sheepdogs keep all the sheep mm-hmm. together. Well, this horse has been trained to keep cows from running off. Okay. And so then Marcy comes out. Okay. And he says, and um, for this next part, my wife Marcy will be playing the part of the cow. Oh, Bill. <laughs> really? And oh. she's like trying to get out. The horse is blocking her and everything. And it's just, it's so funny and humiliating. And some, this was posted, I believe, on the Shatner Facebook. And somebody actually said, yeah, I can imagine that conversation. Honey, do you want to play my cow in my Circus at the Stars segment? <laughs> That's so awful. Oh, it's terrible. But um, in both the segments, he looks really good. And uh, (laughs) you have to go watch it, though, because I was going, is that Marcy? And then he goes, and this is my wife, Marcy, who will be playing the cow. And I'm like, you know, it's suddenly having gypsy flashbacks to moo, 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 you know. (laughs) Maybe maybe that was, uh, you know, what did he do when they were... um in Kingdom of the Spiders, wasn't there mm-hmm. sort of like a wrestling match where he was being a cowboy or something? Yes, I, and I, he, I he roped her. He roped her, yes, that's it. Yes. So maybe it was just an extension of that, or maybe that's where it got started. Well, yeah, who knows what kind of kinky things those two hot-blooded young people were up to. <laughs> So I think we have one more thing before we wrap this up. Okay. And that is reused props. Yes. So interesting. And I'm not sure where I got this. <laughs> but, um, oh, I got it from Total Film. That's where the link is, and that's one of the sites I like to go to. And it's, oh, my browser is being so damn slow. But it's showing us um, props that were reused from movie to movie to movie. Mm-hmm. And one is the Gigameter which was used in Ghostbusters 2 and Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country. Um, and if this would just come up, okay, here it's finally coming up. I can point it out to you. Um, in, in Ghostbusters, Venkman is holding this thing. And then in the, the, the clip from Star Trek, you can't really see exactly what's going on, but it is the same piece of phony mm-hmm. sci-fi equipment. Yep, it's the prop. It's the same prop. The same prop. Okay. So then the next one. Come on, come on, come up fast. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is uh, nondescript sci-fi equipment used in Airplane 2, Star Trek 2, uh, The Wrath of Khan, and The Last Fighter, Last Starfighter, and V. Um, it's described by the prop rental d- company as dual generators with rotating neon lights inside an acrylic tube, light-controlled panel with knobs and buttons. It's basically a great big glowing red tube thing, and it's hard to miss, but you'd have to be taking a lot of notes to make the connection between films. <laughs> and, um, you know, so then they, they, they show various people, various aliens and everything with this thing. So, you know, that's kind of interesting. And I always think they make the props for the movie. No, they go to a prop house and say, we need something outer spacey looking. Yep, exactly. And they just pick through and they find something that looks good. And they say, 
this will work. Let's just bung it in there. It's fine. Let's just do this. Now, this is the one I found the most interesting. has nothing to do with Star Trek. But this has been in so many movies, and it's a newspaper. And it's the same newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it says... Once you are aware of this prop's existence, it's almost impossible impossible to miss that woman's headshot on the printed page. And, yeah, when they, when they open it or fold it back, there's always the same article that has this woman's picture. It's amazing. Uh, once you, as you were saying, once you actually <laughs> see that and you start looking at it, you're like, oh, how could I not have seen this in, in yeah. any of these movies? And now I will be looking for it in every movie that I see with a newspaper anyway. Right, because here are some of the, the the movies and TV shows it's been in. No Country for Old Men, The Czech, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A Murder of Crows, Married with Children, Modern Family, Desperate Housewives, Scrubs, Everybody Hates Chris, Angel, Louie. Um, doesn't this newspaper get worn out? <laughs> I think it must be a thing like the very famous Wilhelm scream that's in yes. like every movie. It's that kind of thing. It's just an industry in-joke. So, yeah. You yeah. know, whenever there's a prop master and they need a newspaper, they know they have to try to work this particular newspaper in. And then I guess you know, so. They all somebody buys them a drink when they go out to like, mm-hmm. a bar with their friends. You got the paper in, yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like too when you found that thing where um, Trelane's costume was also in an episode <gasps> of The Monkees. That's amazing. Yes, that was just too funny. Yeah, I I love stuff like that. Oh, me too. I love it. Yeah. Um, before we go, let's just talk about this little interview that Bill did in Rolling oh, Stone about course, his new yes. album. I love the fact that Rolling Stone is interviewing Bill about his album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. he was a real rock star or something. <laughs> what um, do you mean like? <laughs> well, it's great. And it's it's a pretty good interview. And he just talks about how the label said, would you like to do another album? And he, he keeps calling it prog rock. Like, does he even know what that means? Oh, I don't really? know. You know, it's like when he said lay down some tracks. He's learned some new terms, <laughs> you know. He says, progressive rock has the same concept of exploration into the parts of music, the parts of the music world that haven't been explored. I'm not sure about that. Um, but that's what Bill believes. So let's just go with mm-hmm. it for now. Yeah. And he says... Uh, he wasn't in the studio when the songs were recorded. He wrote the words, and then he talked with Billy Sherwood either in person or on the phone. He went there to record the the stuff, and then they just kind of stuck it together. So very different process from when he made the Has Been album, where he was mm-hmm. much more involved in the music. Yeah, so it's I was kind really of surprised. Yeah, now, Sean Dink, Sean Dink, Sean Dickin uh, just recently posted to our Facebook page a link where you supposedly can hear one of the cuts. But I could only get it to play the first 55 seconds. Oh, what did it sound like? Well, it's um, a lot. Well, there's a a lengthy intro of just tick-tock, tick-tock, you know, of a ticking Mm -hmm. sound. And then Bill comes in and and says something like, where does the time go? And then he starts Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the whole idea of – from what I could get before it cut out, you know, you make these plans, you're going to do this this weekend, and then suddenly the weekend's gone, and, and things like So I, I couldn't really form too much of an impression. Mm, interesting. But, um, yeah. He talks about how he's happy with his life, which is really nice for him to yes. hear. He talks about Priceline stock. 
he just talks about all the things that he's doing that he's so busy. But this is actually my favorite line in the whole thing. Let's see, where is it? So they ask him uh, about some of the folks who played on it, and he says, I'm learning to play the album now as we prepare for the live performances. The more I play it, the more I hear the musical mm. overtones, and the more impressed I am about my own album. <laughs> <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> yep. Go me! I made a good album. Yeah. That's right. Well, here's my favorite line. They asked, did you mind that they didn't include you in the past movies? He says, well, I said to Nimoy, you know you're old when you go back in time and you're still old. <laughs> I just think that's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. Oh, Bill. It's so, so, so funny. Yes, um, and, and those of you in the L.A. area, he is going to do three that we know of live performances. Yep, he's doing it. So um, I hope we get a report from somebody somewhere, or hopefully they will be filming it so that we'll actually get to of see it. Of course they're going to. I was thinking about that's why they're doing three. Yeah. Is they're going to put it together to one one new build DVD thing. Yeah. I, I found it very interesting that in this interview the question was, how often do you go to the fan conventions these days? And he said, I still go to the odd one. He's just done like four in a row. Oh, I know. <laughs> so what's he talking about? I know. He, he does fan conventions all the time. And he just won a couple of championships um, in his, uh, not the not the horse show type thing that we saw where the horse dances and, and comes to a screeching halt, but the thing where you're on the, you're on the buggy and the horse is, is pulling oh, yes. it. Mm-hmm. He just won a couple championships in that, so. Oh, well, of course, of course. Busy, busy, yes. Oh. So I think that's probably going to do it. But I do want to just jump back for one moment to the Doomsday Machine episode. Oh, yes. Because while I was watching that very interesting um, Doomsday Machine revealed, I was again reminded how incredibly good looking he is in that episode. (gasps) And I know that we've talked about this many times before, but Mm -hmm. I just forgot. And now I saw it again. And I was like, damn, he looks good. He was thin Mm -hmm. and he had the V-neck shirt on and his hair was beautiful and there was all that Kirk like going on. Oh, amazing. I know. Yep. And and the acting, the wonderful yes. acting as well. So the, the I would say, acting. from a from a Shatner fan point of view, that's one of his uh, swooniest episodes for sure. <laughs> swooniest, yes. Yeah. Um, we have to start thinking too, and of course we we welcome our our listeners' suggestions. What episode are we going to watch when we're together for Creation Con? We should do an episode review. That's true. Um, we have had some requests, and I think it would be good to pick one that we haven't done. Or haven't have done, done in a long time, because I'm, yeah. I'm kind of thinking the ones we haven't done are the ones we hate so much that we couldn't get through them, like yeah. the space hippies. Yeah. It would be good to do one. I mean, have we done Piece of the Action? Have we ever done that one? I'm pretty sure we have. Okay. Oh, my God. I just can't remember. We should have been keeping track, and we haven't. We're such mm-hmm. bad producers. <laughs> well, we don't have assistants. That's true. That's true. Where's my assistant? All we have is this dog. Where's my PA? Get over here and get me a triple mocha latte. <laughs> and a know. Diet Coke. A diet Coke. <laughs> now, chop, chop. <laughs> That's what we need. Well, I will spend a little bit of time going back through the show notes. I, I can probably do that and uh, okay. find some of the ones we've done. But, yeah, we should definitely do another one. It would be fun. 
Yes. So Creation Con is coming up. Coming up. Um, and we're having the room party. So anybody yeah. who's, you know, in the area at the con, be sure and let us know you're going to be there. We'd love to see you. And we and, will be- uh, We'll be there at the convention, wreaking havoc, touching things we're not supposed to touch. And um, yelling, we love you, Davey. Yeah, just doing all <laughs> the things that you're not supposed to do at a con. Because that's just the way we roll. That's how we do it. It'll be great. Yep, yep. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we love the stuff that you send us. It really makes our day when you send in those great emails and links and, and all sorts of things. So please keep it up. Yes, indeed. So that's it for this time. And so until next time, um, keep watching Star Trek and let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. And let us know yes. how much you love Bill. But um, don't don't send us any more pictures of Gary Lockwood's private parts. I think we've seen enough. Really? You can send well, them to me. I monitor okay. the email account. You can send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You be the screening. You be the screening. I will gladly take on that task. Okay. That sounds good. Okay, till next time. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.